Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. The great I am knows the future, but not just the future. He knows your future. That's reassuring to me. He knew the day I was born. He put me in the family he wanted me to. He's arranged the steps. Even though I failed him many times, he's been graceful, put me right back on the path. He knows where I'm at now. He knows what I need to finish before I leave to expand the kingdom of God. It's not about me. When my time is up, I'm gone. And other people take over doing the things I'm doing and the things you're doing. In many ways, the future is one gigantic question mark. Issues like where to live, what job to take, who to marry, all these and more will come up at some point in everyone's life. Moses had a lot of these same questions as he was out being a shepherd. And then God came and told him what his destiny was going to be. Pastor Mark will be teaching today about this episode in the life of Moses and how Moses handled it. You'll hear how God answered the concerns that Moses brought up and helped calm Moses' anxiety. You'll learn that what God did for Moses, he can do for you too. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Exodus chapter 3 as he continues his message. God says, I am the great I am. So God says to Moses, here's who I am. I am who I am. You don't need to listen to this part, except to not write it, but listen to it. I am self-existent. I'm self-sufficient. I'm eternal. I'm sovereign. I'm incomprehensible. I always was, and I always will be. If you're tossing and turning tonight, can't sleep, just try that one for a while. I always was. And I always will be. You'll be awake all night or you'll go to sleep immediately because you can't figure that out. It doesn't even make sense to us. But here's two that I want you to write down. And he's saying these to Moses, but I want you to put your name in them. So write your own name in your notes as we go through. Moses or Mark, I am all that is necessary as any occasion arises. That is a great promise you ought to have up somewhere in your devotion place. Either in your devotion book or somewhere where you have devotion where you can nail something up or paste something up. I am all that is necessary as any occasion arises. Pastor Mark, that's like too broad. Wait a minute. In the New Testament, what do we hear? There's nothing too hard for God. Well, I have this, there's nothing too hard for God. So I am all that is necessary and any occasion arises. And the second one, I like this as well. One day when Jesus began to think about how he was going to do this life on earth 
as he began his ministry, one of the first things he did, he went to a mountain and he prayed all night. And then he came down and chose his disciples. And when he says to his disciples, the first part of those verses, he says, I've chose you to be with me. That's an amazing thing. We get to do life with God. So here's what it says. I am, Mark, I am God who is present and I'm active. I'm not aloof. I'm present with you right now. And I'm not just letting you do it all. No, we're going to do it together. I'm present and I'm active. Now, when you read those two, I am should do what? It should say, no more excuses, thank you. There's no room for any more excuses. Case closed. I am provides us with faith and peace and assurance and courage to go forth. God says to Moses, it's not about you. It's about me, the great I am. I'm all that's necessary and occasion arise. Now you begin to think about that. Where are you in an area where you need something? Well, wait a minute. I am all that's necessary as the occasion arises. But Pastor Mark, I'm worried about something uh, three weeks from now and the new tax laws and the new government stuff and how in the world Israel's going to make it and what are we going to do about all these things and I've got a test coming up in three weeks. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. I am all that's necessary as any occasion arises. He's faithful. He's present. He's active. So, God is reminding Moses, Moses, this whole thing we're going to do, it's not about you, Moses. I could have chose anybody, but I chose you, and we're going to do it together. Then verse 15, and God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, same basic word, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. So what God is saying to Moses is, Moses, I'm not a new God. I am the God, the only one. I'm the same God as your fathers Abraham and Isaac and Jacob worship. When you go to the people, when you say that, that will make sense to them. I'm not a new God. You're not introducing a new God. I am the God who made the covenant promises to Abraham, including the promised land. Remember the unconditional one that we went through. Tell the Israelites, this is the God who has sent you to deliver them as promised. I am with you. Now, the next thing I love, when you look at the future, what do you think about your future? You excited about it? Or you nervous about it? It's the best right. I don't even like to look at the future. Well, you should be. You should be looking for the, I'm excited. Anybody here going to heaven in the future? That's good, isn't it? Could it be a little rough between now and them from time to time? Say amen. Are you getting older? Say amen. Are you dying tonight? Say amen. Yes, you are. No, I'm not, Pastor Mark. The moment you were born, you began to die. Sorry, you're time dated. Don't look at the date. It's not on your back anywhere. God knows it. Look at verse 16. God gives Moses a picture of the future. Go, first word, uh, 
assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob appeared to me and said, I have watched over you and I have seen what has been done to you in Egypt. And I have promised to bring you up out of your misery in Egypt into the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. In other words, notice this thing that God's saying to Moses. Now that you know who I am, and we're going to do this together, here's what you need to do. Go. Here's what I want you to write. Obeying God's call requires active faith. God is not only active and present, but I have to be active and present. I'm to go. Now, really at this point, Moses doesn't know whether he's going to obey or not. But God already knows that eventually Moses will go. Isn't that amazing to you? And once Moses obeys God, he tells him what in the world is going to happen. Moses hears what to do. And here's how the people will respond. I mean, isn't that amazing? I will bring you out of your misery to the land. Now, really, when he gives them that snapshot of history, Moses should simply go, okay, that ends all my excuses. That ends my worry. That ends my frustration. John 14. What does Jesus say? I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come back again. It's the same exact thing. I'm worried it's going to... Forget it. He's a God that cannot lie. So he's going to prepare a place for us in heaven. Same thing here. So Moses is basically commanded to assemble the elders of Israel, to reassure them of the covenant. Remember, it was a one-way covenant. Some covenants are provisional. God says, you do this and I'll do this. This one is not. God's promise was by himself. He stood alone. Abraham didn't walk down between that sacrifice of those animals. God did it alone. So he says, just reassure them. Tell them my plan has always been the same, and it's going to deliver them. And Moses reminds them that God has been watching them in their slavery, and has seen all of that and going to bring them to the promised land. So it's a great, complete picture. Now, that's the future. Hasn't happened yet. Now, if you're Moses, I would kind of be excited inside. Wow, this is going to be amazing. And and I was chosen to be part of it, but you're going to see something very important. And I'm going to say it now and say it again. He was available, but he wasn't willing. Watch how we get there. Look at verse 18. Now, the elders of Israel will listen to you. So, why does God say that to Moses? What is Moses saying in his mind? Well, now, God, let me tell you how this is going to work. When I tell the elders, they're not going to believe me. They don't know me, they're not going to believe me. So what does God have to say to them? Look at that line again. The elders of Israel will listen to you. How clear is that? Does God know what's going to happen? Yes, he does. Then he says this. Then you and the elders are to go to the king of Egypt and say to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Let us take a three-day journey into the desert to offer sacrifices to our God. Verse 19. But I know, this is God speaking, I know, Moses doesn't know, 
God knows. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. So I, God, will stretch out my hand and strike the Egyptians with all the wonders that I will perform among them. After that, he will let you go. So God says, Israel will listen to you. Then go to Pharaoh, ask for this leave. But when you go, it's going to be denied. So God says, because of that, I'm going to perform miracles, all the plagues. We won't ever get to that in this series. So they can go. So two things happen here. Write this down. I think this is encouraging, even though you might think it's not. God knows there's spiritual warfare coming. And Moses knows there's spiritual warfare coming. And so God says to Moses, now here's what's going to happen when you get there. I'm going to tell you. You're going to get out. You're definitely going to get out of Egypt. But in the meantime, there's going to be a little struggle. Okay, but I'm going to stretch out my hand. I'm going to do whatever's necessary. He's not going to let you go, but my mighty hand will compel him. So it isn't going to be Moses doing it. It's going to be God doing it. Remember the scripture in the Bible, the Old Testament. The battle, say it with me, is the Lord's. But he has us as part of it. Now, look at verse 21. And I will make the Egyptians favorably disposed toward the people, so that when you leave, you will not go empty-handed. Every woman is to ask her neighbor, and any woman living in her house for articles of silver and gold and for clothing, which you will put on your sons and daughters, and so you will plunder the Egyptians. So we have kind of like a, a summary. Like when you, when, when you want to get a book on Amazon, you get on, you can take a little glance, surprise me, show me a few pages I can look at. Here's the surprise. God kind of gives the first cover to the second cover. He says, when you go, Moses, here's a whole story. Here's how the whole Israelite future is going to be in a little nutshell. Here's how I will work with you. This is my plan. It's going to work. And he says, by the way, when the plan happens and you're leaving Egypt through all this warfare, you're not going to leave empty-handed. Your women will leave with silver, gold, and clothing. And all the women here tonight said what? Amen. Praise God. So what is the great I am saying to us? He said, Pastor Mark, this is great. I've never plundered anything. I don't have silver and gold. What does any of this like have to do with me? Well, has everything to do. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Here's what I want you to write down. This is assuring to me and it should be to you. The great I am knows the future. But not just the future. He knows your future. That's reassuring to me. He knew the day I was born. He put me in the family he wanted me to. He's arranged the steps. Even though I failed him many times, he's been graceful. Put me right back on the path. He knows where I'm at now. He knows what I need to finish before I leave. To expand the kingdom of God, it's not about me. When my time is up, I'm gone. And other people take over doing the things I'm doing and the things you're doing. That's it. So he knows your future. Now, your future's in good hands. He's not an Allstate agent. He's God. (laughs) The all-knowing always has been eternal, impossible to figure out, but magnificent. He's worthy to be praised. So, when you think about that, the I am knows the end from the beginning. So, what should Moses kind of be saying? Wow, I can't wait 
Let's go for it. I, out of all the people, get a chance to do this? Moses now knew a lot more about God. He knew the task that God called him to. He even knows the outcome. I mean, like there's nothing left to question. But watch chapter 4. Moses answered, what if? Why do we laugh? Because you can just put your name there, can't you? I can put my name there too. Remember the New Testament, Corinthians tells us these are here for us to learn by. And we laugh because we're just like them. But God, that's not enough. What do you mean it's not enough? I've chosen you. Here's what you're going to do. There's going to be spiritual warfare. I'm going to raise up. I'll defeat the king. The people are going to be freed. You're going to have a plunder with you and go. Next question. He says, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? So what's this excuse for Moses? Write it down. Moses says this, I have no authority. Now we're going to see when you get to the Matthew Just before we get the Great Commission, Jesus said, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. And we get his authority as we go out. That's how we cast demons out. That's how Paul cast a demon out, in the authority of the name of Jesus. So Moses says, really that what he's saying is, I fear rejection and I fear failure. Now, isn't this interesting? Moses is 80, so... Maybe you have to give him a little bit of Alzheimer's, okay? Bad memory. Do you know God has already answered this what-if question? Notice this question. Look at verse 1. What if they do not believe me or listen to me? Just flip back to Exodus 3.18 and read it to yourself. Just flip back there quickly. What does God say that's going to happen? What's Exodus 3.18 say? The elders of Israel will what? So what does verse 4.1 say? What if they do not believe me or listen to me? Hello. Ever been there? Yes, you have. Poor memory. Now here's the issue. It isn't poor memory. What's Moses doing? He's doubting God's word. Satan loves to get us to doubt God's word. We come to a promise of God and say, that that won't work. When people have a really difficult lifestyle or they're prodigals and they go away and they do just do so much stuff or as Christians, we blow it and blow it and blow it. The enemy loves to say to those people when we give an altar call, when God says to them, come on back, love to give you a new start. The enemy says to him, no, 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 don't don't you believe that. God isn't going to give you. No, you sin way too much. Your lifestyle, you've made God look terrible. God isn't going to forgive you. See, Satan loves for us to doubt the word. So not just in that case, but for you and I, when God says, okay, go. If I don't go, what am I doing? I'm doubting God's word. And God is his word. So I'm doubting the all-knowing God when I disobey. That's exactly what Moses is doing. Are any of you here 
even as I'm speaking this, you've been doubting what God is calling you to do, saying for you to do. Don't doubt it. He will never leave you, forsake you. If he says to go, he'll equip you to go. You will be successful. You will be able to accomplish what he wants. Well, it's interesting to me that God doesn't spend a lot of time. He just says, I'll prove it. Look at verse 2. And the Lord said to him, what's that in your hand? A staff, he replied. You know, that would have been a shepherd, uh, shepherd's staff. Walked with it, guided it, helped the sheep, killed animals, snakes, all kind of other things. It was simply a piece of wood. Piece of wood. Didn't have any life in it. Did Moses know this staff well? How long has he been in the desert? <laughs> 40 years. He like knew every little nuance of that thing. What was God saying? What do you have to offer me? What talent do you have to complete the call I've given you? It's a good question to ask you. It's a good question to ask me. God's given all of us talents. What's in your hand? So Pastor Mike, I don't really have anything to offer God. No, that's wrong. In Matthew 25, we have the parable of the talents. Everyone had something to offer because God had given them something. One, five talents, one, two talents, one, one talent. There was no one in the parable with no talents. Pastor Mark, I'm the one with no talent. No, no, you're not. Every single one of us. You say, well, what do you mean by this talent? Why is he saying this? Because this is one of our five C's. I want you to think about this. This is the same principle in the Old Testament as the New Testament. We learn here in our five C's, one of those is to contribute my time, my passion, my talents, and my possessions, including my money. So what do you have in your hand? You have all of those things. You have talent, you have ability, you have possessions. You certainly have time. Pastor Mark, I don't have any time. Yes, you do. We make time for what's important in our life, Period. You don't have to argue with me. That's just a statement of absolute truth. We will make time for what's important. So we have time. So he says to Moses, what do you have? And he's basically going to say to Moses, what you have without me is really not going to get you. That staff? (laughs) But think what that staff's going to do later. When the seas parted, what happens with the staff? Think of it. Just the staff. So God's saying to you and I the same thing. Make sure you have something. You can do things and God's going to make it extraordinary because it's God's touch. So the Lord says to him in verse 3, throw it on the ground. Do you ever wonder how he threw it on the ground? Just like dropped it? (laughs) I don't know. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark told you more about Moses' life when God told him it was time to go back to Egypt. You heard Moses' objections and excuses, and you learned that God addressed them even before Moses voiced them. You were warned not to become stubborn like Moses did, because that will keep you from being in God's perfect will. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. 
For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will be wrapping up his teaching, God Says, I Am the Great I Am. You'll be reminded about the benefit of learning from the whole Bible, not just the New Testament. You'll hear about the miracles that God performed to convince Moses that he was God. You'll learn about the ways that God can work in your life if you let him do it. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a herd